You're listening to the PFWC podcast with me, Carly Compton, a podcast created to help you learn strategies to overcome that bully inside your head, ways to practice self-love, awareness and understanding of eating disorders, how to embrace the body you have been given and develop a healthy relationship with food, exercise, and most importantly, yourself. Here at the PFWC podcast, we find it important to create a safe space and a place for individuals to come to learn how to create that lifestyle that works for them. We're dropping comparisons, fighting unrealistic beauty standards, and coming together to show the world that all bodies are beautiful and that healthy looks different on everyone. Sit back, relax, and get ready to grow together. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the PFWC podcast. I am so excited for today's episode. We have a very special guest. Um, Kaylee is someone who I've been following on TikTok TikTok for quite a while, started following her on Instagram, just really inspired by her. She's gorgeous. She's so talented. Um, And I'm really excited to sit down and talk to her today about body image, being a musical performer, all of that good stuff. Um, so welcome Kaylee. I'm really excited to have you. Thank you. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm really happy to hear that. So before we get too, too far into it, do you mind just giving us a quick little intro of who Kaylee is for listeners who maybe don't know who you are? Sure. Um, My name is Kaylee. I am a singer in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm 27. I've been here since roughly 2013. I moved home for like a year and a half during the pandemic, um, but I've been back since September. So going on, I guess, eight years, nine years, something like that. I don't know, but it's been like since 2013, I've been coming back and forth. But um, but yeah, I'm a singer, full-time singer. Uh, yeah, I guess that's about the gist of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I and, and that's amazing. I you are the first singer to be on the podcast. So, Woo-hoo! that's really exciting. <laughs> um, where is home for you? I am from South Carolina. Okay, from South Carolina. Okay. So, from South Carolina to Nashville, kind of back and forth. Um, which do you prefer? Okay, so I've always said that Nashville would be perfect if it had an ocean nearby. It's I I love Nashville, but I love home. I mm-hmm. love the beach. I like being I'm a coastal girl, so Yeah. Same. They well, have their their you know, their pros, but Yeah, definitely. I'm from Ohio, so definitely not from anywhere coastal, like the least coastal yeah. that it gets. <laughs> um, but moved away in like 2013, 2014. So about the same time, yeah. um, which is funny. Cause we're also like about the same age. So we were like going through this. It's so funny. Like we went through this at the same time. I love that. Yeah. But now I live near the ocean and I can't imagine, um, ever not living near the ocean yeah. or living anywhere where it's like warm 99.9% of the year. <laughs> yes. I get it. Yeah. It's, it's a lifestyle. It really is. Totally. I I like, I remember when I was a kid, I asked my dad, I was like, why do we live in South Carolina? Like, I know my family's here, but why do we live here? He was like, Kaylee, it's December and you're in a short sleeve shirt. That's why we live here. And I was like, okay. I (laughs) wish my parents would have done that. I'm like, (laughs) why are we living in Ohio? Like what is here? (laughs) What there's, 
what is here for you? And I guess yeah. generations, generation, like so many generations of my family are there. So obviously that makes sense. But I think my parents are at that age now where they're like, yeah, um, I think we're over winter. <laughs> uh-huh. Florida's looking nicer and nicer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me and my sisters are all grown. So I'm like, you all need to go ahead and move, go yeah. somewhere where it's warm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I definitely get that warm weather girl. Now I am, and will probably be for the rest of my life. Me too. So Nashville, fun fact, I just went to Nashville for the first time. Um, and I think that's when I might've DM'd you. It was after my trip. Actually, I went for my cousin's bachelorette party, which yeah, you're shaking your head. You're like, yep, that makes sense. (laughs) Yep. Checked out. (laughs) And I, cause like living in California, no one really goes to Nashville. Like usually it's like to Vegas for bachelorettes and stuff. Um, but people like Midwest people, people like closer to Nashville, obviously like that's the place to go for Mm -hmm. bachelor bachelorette parties and stuff. Um, and I had so much fun and I'm going to be honest. I'm not a huge, like I love, I I'm very picky about the kind of country music that I listen to. And I was like, Oh my gosh, am I going to like it? And I loved it. That's awesome. (laughs) I think that there's like, Everyone thinks that Nashville is like all country music, but like, honestly, most of the time, if it's after 6 p.m., we're playing more like Blink-182 than, yes. you know, I mean, we're playing all kinds of stuff, especially downtown. I mean, there's a lot of country, but when I moved there, it was way more country than it is now. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, so that was my first introduction to Nashville. And I remember we were at Whiskey Row and you yeah. were actually performing Oh my gosh, that's awesome. And the, and I hadn't been following you. Like I hadn't been following you yet on TikTok or Instagram or anything like that. And my cousin who was the, who's the bride who we were there for, um, her and like some of the other girls were like, Oh my God, that's Kaylee from TikTok. Like they knew, like they recognized you. So that was when I like, I was like, oh, I got to look this girl up. She's so cute. She's really talented. Um, your style's amazing. So I like looked you up and I was like, oh yeah, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. Thank so here so we much. are now. <laughs> that is so cool. Oh my yeah. gosh. I was like looking through your podcast like a, a while ago and I was like, what, what? She asked me to be on this? Cause I follow like everyone that you've interviewed. And I was like, me, what the heck? <laughs> so, that's awesome. Thank you. I'm so excited. Of course. So yeah. And, and then kind of going off of that, what would you say is your favorite bar like on Broadway? So I love Whiskey Row, obviously, because I play there a lot. But my favorite bar to play in is probably the stage because they don't have like TVs. So it's Uh. literally like the only source of entertainment there is the band. So it just creates this more of a show feel. Mm -hmm. Whereas like Whiskey Row on Sunday mornings, there will be like the NFL games on the TV and everybody will will cheer and we'll think it's for us. And they're like, what band? (laughs) You know? (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. I don't know. Honestly, I, I don't remember like the names of half of the places that we went to. Um, but I thought Miranda Lambert's bar was so freaking cute. It is. It's so cute. I've played there once, but, yeah. um, it's just really like the cute. style of it, the, like the design mm-hmm. of it's really cute. Um, 
the night that we were there, they also like upstairs had like a DJ. It was more, it was not country music at all. It was more like club vibe. Yeah, they do that. Like most of the bars either like on the top floor or if they have like a lower level will be just DJ. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's great. Yeah. Oh, well, so exciting. I am so excited to get into like the nitty gritty and the, I mean, this is all important conversation. Like for anyone who's planning a trip to Nashville, keep it out for, for Kaylee, go to whiskey row, go to the stage, check out Miranda Lambert's bar. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm not an expert in any way, but if you have questions, I'm sure that Kaylee would be happy to answer them for you. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Um, cause you're there like every night. Yeah. So, uh, right now I'm playing six days a week, which is too much. I'm trying to scale it back, but, um, yeah, six days a week. It's crazy. Okay. Yeah. That's a lot. Um, so kind of going off of that, what is your favorite song to play? Okay. Um, I have a few answers for this because people ask me this every now and then. And I, my follow-up question is also always, what genre because like uh-huh. I have a rock song I love but like if you want like my favorite song it's probably Broken Wing by uh, Martina McBride I love Martina that's like mm-hmm. how I grew up singing it's how I like found my voice I would like be a kid and sh- shut my doors lock it and blast my stereo to Broken Wing and just scream until I could hit the notes and <laughs> you know that's a song that my granddad always asked me to sing so it's kind of special to me and oh. I don't know it's kind of gone with me through life like the whole what I thought the song was about has kind of I don't know related to me through life so I still yeah. love it yeah I love that I love that there's also like sentiment behind it and special oh, totally. meaning for you I love that um fun fact I actually used to my grandma used to coach me for like singing competitions in my hometown that's awesome I actually don't know if I've ever mentioned this before on the podcast so half like a lot of the listeners probably don't even know this about me um but yeah when I was little my mammal she would coach coach I'm putting like quotes up because she Uh wasn't like a singing coach in any way um she would coach me and my oldest sister and we would sing at like local singing competitions in our in our hometown um, like the fair and like in my hometown, it was the old time farm festival, <laughs> like a little oh stage outside and, um, it was always country songs. Um, and I'm curious if you want to take a guess at what band you think, uh, my go-to was. Um, I would say pro- if, if, if you're saying band, probably Dixie Chicks, but oh maybe. My- yes. <laughs> Ah, yes, Dixie <laughs> Chicks. That was my go-to. That's my awesome. my mammal always had me sing Goodbye Earl, which is so funny. Yes. Like looking back at that now, because I'm like, huh, okay, well, this is a really intense song. <laughs> Absolutely. I sing it every night and everybody's like jamming to it. And I'm like, do you ever stop and think about what this is about? I don't think so. I think honestly, a lot of people, like if you were to ask people, like, what is the song about? A lot of them probably couldn't actually tell you. No, they're just like, it sounds great. It's fun. Like, um, it's easy. Like it's, it's like an easy song to remember. I feel like, and yeah, that was my go-to good job. I literally was like, she's not going to guess. There's way too many options. (laughs) Like there's no way. (laughs) 
but yeah, it was Dixie Chicks. That's awesome. I love them. I love them. I still, to this day, they're like one of the bands that I'm like blasting whenever I want to listen to country music. Same. Same. Oh my goodness. Timeless. Oh, 100%. Okay. So this has been so fun. And I think we should probably get into some of the important conversation. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) But I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to get to know you a little bit and, um, kind of just share my experience as a country singer. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Um, so my first question for you is, and you talk about this quite a bit on TikTok, um, is like navigating body image as a performer. Um, navigating body image in general is already difficult. Yeah, totally. And I can't imagine how much more difficult it is when you are, putting yourself on stage in front of a crowd of people and then maybe like drunk people. And I can't imagine like how difficult it is to like navigate through that. So my first question before we get into the how to's is kind of like, I'm interested in hearing a little bit about like what your journey with your body has looked like, like as a child, do you feel like you struggled with body image? Um, is it something that has like recently come up? Like, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I struggled with body image my whole life. I think, I think it was very, um, maybe just the Southern culture and like generational, it's very important to my grandparents, like Mm -hmm. very important to my parents. And I just, I grew up knowing that like, I was supposed to look a certain way and, and you weren't supposed to be heavier. And it just like, you know, it, food wasn't that important. You're, you know, you are supposed to be skinny and you Mm -hmm. you know, it's just that general generational thing. And I never struggled with weight at all. When I was growing up, I was a cheerleader. I was active. I, did show choir. Um, but I still like, I think I have more confidence in myself now, Mm -hmm. maybe 40 pounds heavier than I was in high school. Then I hated my body. I thought it was awful. You know, I remember going prom dress shopping and there was a, um, a size four dress on a mannequin. And I was with my mom and my aunt and I asked, I was like, that's the dress I want to try on. And she was like, I'm sorry, we don't take dresses off the mannequins on the weekends and it's not going to fit you anyways. And I, yeah, I was like tiny. And I, I remember being so devastated, but she, my aunt like went in on her and took the dress off and it ended up fitting me perfect. But by the time prom came around, I was too small for it. Like it was baggy on me because I was like so nervous about that comment. And I don't know, I struggled forever. But then when I was in college, um, my cousin passed away and I had like a bad breakup and all of this stuff kind of happened around the same time and I think my body kind of freaked out and I got hypothyroidism Mm -hmm. and then I gained 40 pounds out of nowhere like I was I'd never worked out before I'd never gone to the gym or anything but I gained all this weight and my mom didn't understand and we struggled with that she struggled with that because she just she didn't want me to be unhappy and she didn't know how to like navigate that and she's never struggled with you know her weight really um so we definitely butted heads during that whole thing. We also didn't know that I had a thyroid problem. She just thought that like, you know, I was in college and ordering pizza every weekend. And like, it doesn't matter <laughs> if I was, you know, we just, it, we mm-hmm. struggled with it for a long time. But um, yeah, so then after that, like, 
I definitely went on a downward slope with body image after that for a long time. And it's been quite a battle to get, you know, to where I am comfortable, you know, mm-hmm. but um, especially being in the industry that I'm in because it's so unnecessarily important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, like you made a really good point and something that a lot of people I'm sure relate to is that idea of like, you still lived like you lived in a small body and you lived in what was probably like a conventional conventionally acceptable body but still had those those negative thoughts toward your body and still disliked your body and I think that's so important to talk about because it just shows especially for people who think that being in a smaller body or being thin or losing the weight will fix their problems or make them just like automatically love themselves. That is, that just shows like, that's not the case at all. Um, and that it doesn't matter, you know, what size body you're in. Like if you're hearing this messaging from parents or from grandparents or even like classmates or teachers, you're going to automatically like have those thoughts and have those insecurities about your body, no matter what, what your size is. And you're going to be convinced that there is something wrong with you and that there is something that you need to change about your body, no matter like how small you are. Um, and so I think that's, that's always a really interesting conversation for me because that's one thing I hear a lot, like as an eating disorder therapist, as someone who works in the mental health field, it's people coming to me saying, I just want to lose X amount of weight because I know once I do, then I can be confident. Then I can love myself. Then Mm -hmm. I can start to live my life. And I always get really sad when I hear that because like for me, when I was in my eating disorder, I was in a smaller body And I still hated myself. Like I wasn't happy and I wasn't confident and I didn't love myself at all. And so I always get really sad when I hear people say that because I'm like, no, because weight loss doesn't fix those problems for you. Like weight loss doesn't automatically make you love yourself. Like, yes, there could be pros to it. Yes. You might feel like physically better, but mentally, emotionally, like that all just doesn't automatically go away when you hit a certain weight. Absolutely. And so I I love myself now more than I ever did when I was, you know, in that, Mm -hmm. what I dreamed of when I was, you know, struggling, you know? Yeah. And would you say like majority of that contributes not even to like your physical appearance, but more of like the work that you did mentally and emotionally? A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Which I think is what's so sad too, is like, we live in a society where health is seen as solely physical. Like Mm -hmm. when, when, when people talk about health, it's primarily talking about physical health or are you healthy based on the size of your body or what you look like or how muscular you are. And I always have to remind people like health is there's like five pillars to health. There's emotional health, mental Mm -hmm. health, spiritual health, physical health. Like there's, there's so much more to health than just physical. And I think that's where so many people get lost is they 
want to be quote unquote healthy, Mm -hmm. but they focus primarily on their physical health. And then they're like, why do I not feel any better about this? And I asked them, okay, have you, have you been working on your mental or emotional health? And they're like, Mm -hmm. no, that's not, that's not what makes me healthy. And I'm like, no, it is. (laughs) That's a huge part of your health. Yes, totally. So, okay. So I think also another thing that you mentioned that a lot of people relate to is the messaging that we tend to receive from family. Mm -hmm. Um, I relate to that a hundred percent because I also received similar messaging from my grandma and my mom. And, and it was tricky for me because my mom never said anything negative about my body directly. Mm-hmm. My mom did here and there. <laughs> she would like ask, <laughs> Hey, have you gained weight? Yeah. Like I remember coming home when I left Ohio and I moved, I lived in Hawaii for undergrad. And when I came home, like the second year that I was living there, I came home, hadn't seen her in almost a year, maybe like six mm-hmm. months. And the, we were at a funeral and I saw her. And the first thing she said to me was, have you gained weight? <laughs> And I thought, okay, ma'am, no, we're not, we're not getting into this right now. Um, just like, yeah, crazy. Um, No filter. No filter. filter. No, I know not at all. (laughs) And with my mom, it wasn't ever direct comments about my body, but it was the way she talked about her body. Yes. And that is what affected me so much was hearing my mom talk negatively about her body and, and mm-hmm. hearing my mom always talk about, we're going on vacation. I need to lose X amount of weight and this amount of time, fat free, this like sugar free, this, mm-hmm. like all of that is what impacted me the most because, and you probably can relate to this. Like I saw my mom as this beautiful woman who I looked up to, who I thought was just the most amazing person. And then she is saying all this negative stuff about herself and not seeing what I saw. And so for me, I was like, Oh, is that the way that I'm supposed to be thinking? Like, is that the way that I'm supposed to be viewing my body? Totally. I remember being a kid and like watching my mom pick herself apart in the mirror and then growing up and seeing those same body parts on me. And I'm like, am I supposed to hate that too? Yeah. Like I have those same knees. I have those same arms. Like mm-hmm. uh, I have a niece now and I'm like, you cannot do that in front of her. She's yeah. going to have those same things. <laughs> yes. But. Yes. 100%. And I am thankful like that my mom has really grown and evolved in that and in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I think I that know. has to do with just like the gen- like generation and like now what is important to us Um, And the messaging that we are putting out there, our parents are now like, oh, okay. I don't have to restrict for months leading up to vacation, or I don't have to like hate my stretch marks or like they can now look at their bodies, even if it's in a small capacity, they can look at their bodies and kind of have some sort of positive, like gratitude toward Mm -hmm. their bodies, which I have loved to, I have loved watching my mom kind of evolve into that a little bit. Um, but yeah, it is so bizarre how, when you grow up, not having necessarily like someone 
confident, like someone who isn't talking negatively about their bodies, like how you truly think that that, like you truly think that our role as women, especially is to be thin and Mm -hmm. to be pretty and to be quiet and not loud. And, um, it's crazy how, when you first see a woman who isn't those things, or you see someone who loves their body, who celebrates their body. For me, it was Ashley Graham, like seeing her actually like flaunt her body and be confident in her body. And me being like, Oh my God, I don't have to change my body. (laughs) It's a a magical thing when you find those people. It really is. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it really is. So totally relate to a lot of what you shared in terms of like your relationship with your body, um, and kind of navigating, you know, different, different sizes, different weights, like different, just stages of life for you. Um, and I'm curious, like, now as a performer, someone who's in front of people, how do you like, what, how do you navigate? How do you navigate that? How do you not? And I'm sure you have days where you do feel insecure. Cause we all do. We're humans. Um, yeah. it doesn't matter how confident we are. We all have days where we look in the mirror and we have a difficult time saying nice things to ourselves. Absolutely. Um, but on those days where it feels a little bit harder, like what, like, how do you work through that to get yourself on stage and performing without allowing that to like impact you? Well, I mean, I think if I'm being completely honest, I, I probably struggle with it every day. Like when people tag me in stories, my first instinct is to pick myself apart and be like, oh, my, you know, my, my arms look so big there or whatever. But I think um, the thing that has helped me the most is just putting on the outfit and going. And because, like, my day's not going to change. Nobody's probably not going to say anything. I feel confident. Like, I don't know. I It's it's hard, um, especially because most of the, the girls in Nashville that are doing what I do um, are much, much smaller. But um, – mm-hmm. But you know what? I feel pretty and I have just like, I've listened to a lot of podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my favorites is called Unfuck Your Brain. Oh, I that. love that podcast. Um, I looked up, I was really deep into like hating myself. I was just like at this breaking point where I was like, I can't, I feel like I'm not even in a body that I know. I'm so uncomfortable. And I listened to this podcast and she's, she's so cool but she um she talked about you know everybody talks about standing in the mirror and telling yourself like i'm beautiful i'm skinny i'm you know i have the perfect body or whatever and she's like you're not gonna believe that stuff start with small things i have a body Mm -hmm. my body is healthy i have you know whatever just start with stuff that you believe and go from there Mm -hmm. and i think that that switched my my like how i talk to myself a lot so Mm -hmm. that definitely helped me but Yeah. And I love that. I think that, yeah, I think sometimes we, especially with social media, we tend to get like wrapped up in like toxic positivity, uh, this idea of like, 
you have to love yourself. You have to look in the mirror and you have to say, I love myself. And Mm -hmm. while that may work for some people, that's just not the reality for most people, especially people who are starting their self-love journey or who are just beginning to like heal their relationship with their body. Like it doesn't matter how many times you stand in a mirror and you say like, I, I, I love my body so much. Like, yeah, it's going to take a long time until you actually get to a place where you truly believe that. And I love that concept of like starting small. And even if you don't 100% believe what you're saying, at least there's like a partial, like a, a part of you that does believe what you're saying. And I think that's what is the game changer is like saying something that you slightly even believe compared right. to saying something that you just truly don't believe at all. Right. Um, and it's funny because I feel like affirmations sent and they've become way more popular, but I feel like they used to have like a negative connotation to them of like, this is so corny. I'm not going to stand yeah. in a mirror and say these things to myself. Um, right. And I used to feel that way. Like, I'm like, I'm not fuck affirmations. I'm not doing these. Like, this is stupid. I don't believe this. Yeah. And part of it was because I was saying things I truly did not believe at all. (laughs) Yeah. I've been there. So I think, yeah, for anyone, yeah. Anyone listening, who's like, how do I even start moving in that direction of like, just having positive thoughts of some sort. I think a big part of it is acknowledging the negative thoughts that you're having and finding Mm -hmm. some sort of like saying or affirmation that you believe even the smallest amount. Right. And having that to combat the negative thought. Um, because it's all about, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, I follow this girl on TikTok and I I love her. Her name's Abby, but I saw her say, um, I'm not responsible for my first thought, but I'm absolutely responsible for the thought that comes after that. So like, you can't really help if those negative thoughts come up, but like talking yourself out of it is your responsibility and like knowing, you know, and that's where I think those affirmations come in and you start to believe those little things and grow from there. But Yeah. And kind of like, just throw in like a little therapy behind that. There's like those first thoughts are tend tend to be our automatic thoughts, which are like the thoughts that we grew up thinking the thoughts that just automatically come to our, our mind. And Mm -hmm. the really exciting thing is we can, we can change automatic thoughts. Like over time we can change those. But I think that quote is really, really powerful when you're starting that because totally people tend to feel they'll, they start to feel guilty for having those thoughts. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, what's wrong with me? Why, why can't I have positive thoughts? And a lot of it is, is understanding, like you're literally rewiring your entire brain and you can't help what thought pops into your head. You might see something that maybe you don't even know is triggering to you. And you realize that it is triggering and you have a thought and just like you said, from there, your we have control over how we react to that thought and then the thoughts that we have after that. And I think that's, I think that's a really, really powerful reminder for people. I love that. I do too. I think it's cool. 
Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to start using that with um, my clients. So thank you. For I that. love that. Yeah. I'm not responsible for it. Abby said it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So what are, what are your go-to affirmations then? Um, well, I definitely have started to tell myself I like my curves mm-hmm. and that I am, I'm not a kid anymore. Yeah. My body's not supposed to look like it did when I was 16. You know, yeah. I'm a woman and I look like a woman. <laughs> and like, those are the things that I tell myself. I'm like, heck yeah, you go girl. Yeah. You know? I love that. I love that. <laughs> and I, I relate to that too. Like that was something that was hard for me when I, like my boobs got really big in my recovery and my hips and my butt. And I'm like, what is happening? Why is everything going to my boobs? And why is everything going to my hips and my butt? And then I was like, why am I trying to like completely change the way in which my body reacts to things? Like this right. is just how my body is, is wired. And this is where totally. my weight goes. Like, why am I trying to like disrupt this like natural process? Um, and that was really empowering for me to be like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know more than my body does. My body knows itself way more than I ever will. And the process that it goes through the way that it processes things. And I don't want to interrupt that anymore. I love that. Yeah. I've never thought about it that way, but I really love that. Yeah. And I think that also kind of goes into like giving up the idea of like being a certain weight Mm -hmm. because a whole thing there is like, we all have what's called set weights. Like we all have a set weight each of us. And it's all complete. It, all of our set weights are complete or set point, sorry, set point, And our, all of our set points are completely different. And mm-hmm. this is not something we're taught in school. We're not taught that, Hey, each of us have a set point, And that set point is the weight in which our bodies thrive. And when we diet or we restrict, we, we interrupt that set point and we interrupt that process. And we throw off our body and we cause damage to our body. Um, and when I first became aware of set point, I was like, this is so freeing. Like the idea that my body can do what it needs to do on the inside to maintain like the, the weight in which it thrives at, whether that's higher than I would like it to be or whatever, I got to give my body back the control to like, do what it needs to do. Because at the end of the day, like if my body's not thriving, if it's not, if it's working over, like working super hard every day, all the time, it's going to, it's going to shut down and it's not going to run properly. Right. That's awesome. I need to look into that. I, I, I love that. That's yeah, so cool. It's, it's a really like a very like empowering idea of like, this is my body set point And yes, your set point can change. Like the more that we diet, the higher our set point can go because our body kind of goes into survival mode and our metabolism slows down because it's trying to like store whatever it can for however long that it can. And, um, I think just like understanding like your set point is the weight in which you sit at without any dieting. We like just eating regularly, moving your body in whatever capacity you want, not having to think about how much you weigh. You'll be surprised that your body will stay between like 
five to 10 pounds and, and not go past that. Yeah. That's awesome. I think that's amazing. That is, that is so cool. Yeah. It, little nerd, little nerd in me is like, Zeppelin, let's talk about it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. That is so cool. Uh, yeah. So little fun fact for anyone listening. Um, we all have a different set point. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah. So, okay. You have found some affirmations that you are newly, like kind of newly like adopting and really like working on. Um, mm-hmm. I'm curious what your thought process or your routine is before you minutes before, or a couple hours before you have to go on stage. So (laughs) recently I've been scrambling to film a TikTok before I go on stage, which has honestly kind of helped me. Mm -hmm. Um, because I know that TikTok can be a very negative space, but the platform that I have right now is just so beautiful and so sweet. And all of the, I mean, my following, I think is like 99.8% women, which I am obsessed with. I love them. They are so kind. And I've had, you know, people come up and tell me like, I wore a crop top for the first time because of you, which is so cool. But like, I, I think that like TikTok has definitely helped me, but also the scrambling part and trying to film it distracts my brain from like, hyper focusing on like what I'm wearing and like oh these pants are a little tight today oh your shirt doesn't look great right now like so I don't know I think that I if those thoughts come up I just try to push them out as quickly as I can because I like that t-shirt or I really like that bodysuit or I you know yeah I thought it was cute so I I try to just like shove them out of my brain as quickly as I can Mm -hmm. yeah and kind of going off of that to sh- this might be helpful for you and for the listeners who who you know like experience the same thing especially like for me if i have like an event or i have to like be somewhere and i know there's going to be a lot of people mm-hmm. um or like photo shoots and i know i'm going to have my picture taken and i'm not feeling great in my body that like sort of distraction is huge for me too. And also not giving myself a lot of time to think about what I'm wearing, like deciding what I'm wearing, putting it on and being like, Oh, okay, here we go. I have to be out the door in 30 seconds. I don't have time to change. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Everyone's always mad at me for being like running late and not having a lot of time to get ready, but I'm like, it works for me. Okay. (laughs) I got to do it. (laughs) Yeah. So anyone listening who finds themselves overthinking what they're wearing or struggling to be confident in what they're choosing to wear. I highly recommend giving yourself less time, maybe rushing yourself a little bit (laughs) and putting on (laughs) the outfit and needing to be out the door without allowing yourself like a a second thought to think about it. Um, a big thing too, is like, as long as you are comfortable and you feel like confident when you first put that outfit on, that's all that matters because the more we think about it, the more we sabotage ourselves and we Mm -hmm. tell ourselves like, no, this actually doesn't look good or no, this, you know, like actually isn't comfortable when, when you first put it on, you felt comfortable, you felt confident. That's the thought you should go with is that initial thought, um, rather than allowing it to kind of 
continue to like brew and turn into these like sabotage intrusive thoughts. Um, totally. So that's, I think another, another reason why that works. Yes. Another thing that like I've recently been struggling with is like seeing myself when I walk out the door and then seeing myself like hours later on somebody's Instagram story. And all of a sudden, like my stomach is bigger, but I'm like, dude, you ate and you drank yeah. and you're like working. And like, that's normal. It's, mm -hmm. it's, you're not supposed to look the same as you do when you wake up every day for the whole day. Like it's gotta yes. go somewhere. So exactly. I don't know. And I think another thing too, is like, we also are our biggest critics and yes, photos of ourselves like that are <laughs> Like I, whenever I think of this, I think of like, when you get a notification that your mom tagged you in a photo on Facebook and yes. the first thought that goes through your mind is fuck, what is this photo <laughs> and what is this going to look like? Because like candid photos where you aren't posing, but you're kind of just like standing or talking to someone mm -hmm. like obviously you're going to pick apart your body because you feel like you weren't like quote unquote ready for the photo. Right. Um, and I think kind of also remembering like your body sits and folds and like does all of these things and looks different in different positions. Mm -hmm. Um, and when we leave the house, we don't sit and like stare at ourselves in the mirror. Like, okay, this is what I'll look like if I'm sitting on a stool, or this is what I'm going to look like if I'm talking to someone from this angle, like you're not looking at those angles all the time. So right. it's, it's natural to see it and be like, Oh, like thrown off a little. Cause you're like, Oh, I haven't seen myself in this position before. And I think a lot of it is just reminding yourself, like, that yeah, your body's going to change and look different on a camera than it does in person sitting yes. than it does standing, um, all of that stuff. I think it's, it's getting to that place where you can see a photo of yourself and catch those initial negative thoughts and mm -hmm. replace them again. Like we were talking about with something more positive of like, you know, I'm, I'm just thankful I got to be here with these people. Or right. I'm just glad I have a body that allows me to walk into this bar and perform and interact with these people and take photos with these people and kind of taking it back to like the basics um, mm -hmm. of just being thankful that you have a body that allows you to do those things. Right. Totally. Um, and one other thing going off of that, that I thought of, cause you mentioned like pushing thoughts away. Um, when like negative thoughts, when, when you have them, um, this might be helpful for you might be help helpful for listeners. But one thing I find myself doing and something I share with clients a lot is what's called a container exercise. Um, it's a DBT skill, which is dialectical behavioral therapy. And the way that it works is you create like an imaginary container in your head. So like Tupperware container or like a Mason jar or something. And anytime you find yourself having a negative thought or a thought that you just don't have time to process or work through in that moment, you take it, you imagine it like on a piece of paper and you put that piece of paper in your Tupperware container and you put that Tupperware container on the shelf for the time being. And when you're in a place where you're ready to like process that thought, you can take your Tupperware container back out, take your thought out and process it. But I think it can be really helpful in knowing like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to put this thought on the shelf for now. 
and then we'll mm-hmm. come back to it when I'm ready. Um, I found that to be really helpful, especially with like negative or intrusive thoughts. Um, totally. Some people even have like physical containers and they like write them down on paper and they'll have like a little container like in their room and it's like their negative thoughts container or something. And then, you know, if they're feeling in a good headspace and they're like, okay, I want to process a thought right now, um, mm-hmm. they can pull it out and work through it. Some of my clients like save them only for therapy <laughs> and they're <laughs> like, okay, let me go grab my container. They grab their container and they're like, okay, I had this thought. And then it's like, all right, let's work through this. (laughs) That's awesome. So that's like a little tip for anyone who, you know, finds themselves having those negative thoughts. Give the container exercise a a try. I love that. I love that. It's fun. It's very fun. Um, okay. So thank you for sharing kind of your process of how you prepare yourself before performing. Um, I, this might be a difficult question for you to answer. Um, feel free to not answer it if you don't want to. Um, but I'm curious, like if you've had a situation where you are performing and something is said to you, or, you know, someone makes a comment, like, how do you navigate through that and still continue to perform. Yeah. Um, so I have been lucky. No one has been, um, directly rude to me at gigs. Mm -hmm. Not that I know of, I'm sure they've been rude. Sometimes I see like mean girls, just mean girls that are making fun of the girls walking through that are wearing sparkly outfits or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, and I just know that, you know, they probably say things about me, but recently, um, Recently, I found out that two people that I worked with um, made comments about my weight. Um, One of them, I moved here to work with him. He was like, you know, supposed to be my manager, whatever. It didn't work out. He never like really did anything with me. But I later found out that he said, "Um, she's really good, but she's, she's heavy. And then another girl that I write with, I sang with, you know, was friends with her. I heard that she said, uh, she's good, but she needs to lay off the cheeseburgers, which is just such a disgusting thing to say about someone. And it like, I cried and cried cried over that. And I, you know, the next day I called my mom and cried again and told her about it. And I was like, you know what, this is the last year I'm going to shed over these people. They don't deserve my energy anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, I have worked so hard to be okay walking out the door and like not be absolutely consumed with what people think of me. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm not going to let it. I I just, I'm not going to let it. And I mean, I'd be lying if I said that thought hasn't like come up while I'm singing or like, you know, gone through my head or, you know, if I'm eating cheese fries with my boyfriend, like whatever. That sounds amazing. (laughs) They're so good, but, (laughs) but it's, you know, it's when that kind of stuff comes up, it's, it's hard to to get that out. But, um, especially when it comes from someone that you, you know, and you, yeah. you, you supported and you thought like they supported you too. And mm-hmm. I don't know, it's, uh, it's tough, but I'm, that's a recent struggle. So I'm not going to say I'm like completely over it, but I'm definitely trucking along and just trying to like bring back my base level and be like, no, you're good. And you believe mm-hmm. you're good. And it doesn't matter what other people think. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, well, first of all, 
like really sorry that happened. That is so fucked up. And again, I, I think it definitely hits harder when it's someone who you like saw as a friend um, mm-hmm. or someone who like you looked up to or someone that, you know, you knew compared to like a stranger. It's a lot easier to like brush off a comment from a stranger than it is to brush off a comment from someone that, you know, um, but I think just like kind of going off of that, one thing that I like to remind myself of in those situations, and this may be helpful for you. This may be helpful for anyone listening. A lot of times when people make shitty comments like that, it is a direct projection of something that they are experiencing or struggling with themselves. And unfortunately they tend to just put that onto other people because they don't have the capacity to process it on their own. Um, and so that's something that I find myself kind of reminding myself of is like these comments, like at the end of the day, really have nothing to do with me as a person, but they solely have to do with those people and whatever internal like struggles they're having, um, whatever like jealousy or like comparison they're experiencing right now, like this, these comments are not, not an accurate representation of me. They're not an accurate representation of you, but they are, they're unfortunately just projection from those people who are hurting or who aren't processing their emotions properly. Totally. I, I, that definitely helps a lot. It checks out too, I think. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and it's, it's never easy. Like it's, it's, it's not easy to hear that stuff. And it's like you said, you still think about it. Like it's still like those comments can come up when you're performing. And I think for people just like in everyday life who have gotten negative comments from parents or like Mm -hmm. partners, like people who are in like abusive relationships or anything like that, like it's hard to put yourself back into a position of being vulnerable when you've experienced those harmful comments when you were being vulnerable to begin with. Um, and I think just remembering like the thoughts probably aren't ever going to go away. Like you're always going to be reminded of those comments, but the biggest thing is like, we can't control what other people say to us. We can only control the way in which we react to the comments that people the the comments that people say. And yes, I think it can be really empowering to take back that power of like, this did hurt. And I will acknowledge that this comment really fucking hurt. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to allow this person or this comment to put me back to a place where I was unhappy. I'm not going to let this, you know, tell like, uh, convince me that, I do need to stop eating as hamburgers or I do need to lose weight because you truly know that that's not the case for you. Like, you know that. And I think it's just allowing like your, your voice to overcome the voice of those mean people. Yes, I think so too. Uh, well, thank you for sharing that. I, I, appreciate you being vulnerable. I know it can be hard to share, especially because you said it's somewhat fresh for you. It's 
somewhat mm-hmm. of a new, a new thing for you. Um, so thank you so much for sharing that. Um, yeah. we, I, I, I've loved this conversation. This has been the perfect mix of like really fun and also like some serious stuff thrown in there and, you know, some tools that people can utilize to navigate body image. Um, but I wanted to just kind of wrap up with, um, you sharing like any piece of advice that you have for anyone who's listening, whether it's, you know, a mom whose daughter's in the backseat and they're driving and the daughter loves singing, but she is nervous that she doesn't look like the usual singers or Mm -hmm. someone who is listening, who is a singer, who is struggling to navigate their body image. What piece of advice would you give those people or what piece of advice would you give listeners, um, in terms of navigating that? Um, I would say just sing. The thing that matters the most is your voice. If you want to sing, sing. If you want to wear a crop top, wear a crop top. I mean, if you feel confident, do it. Um, and I, I think something that's helped me a lot is I can't control what's on TV. I can't control like, you know, being all of that, but I can a little bit control my social media Mm -hmm. and I have unfollowed people that make me, even if it's friends, like if they make me feel less than I unfollow those people or I mute them or I, you know, I just, I am very selective with what I allow in my space because I don't want it to be disrupted and I want to be in my happy bubble. And so I think creating this happy bubble where you feel confident and you surround yourself with people that support you and you just try to be selective and, and build your confidence from there. I mean, I, I think that that's really important. Yeah. And I love that. I always tell people like, my partner is an artist and he studies art. And so I always tell people, I'm like, you are the, like, imagine your social media as an art gallery and you Mm. are the curator. You're the person that gets to choose what art is, what art is in that gallery. And I think that's really empowering and knowing, like, just because someone was a friend in high school, this doesn't mean you have to, you you don't have to follow them. You can mute them. Like, even if it's a family member who is really triggering to you, maybe you don't want to unfollow them because you don't want to cause drama within the family. You can mute them. You can mute their account so you Absolutely. don't see their stuff. Um, but I totally agree. I think like what we consume in terms of social media is so important because Mm -hmm. like you said, we can't control what we see on television. We can't control what billboards we see when we're driving down the road, but we can control what we choose to interact with on social media. And I think as long as we focus on what we have control over, then we're going to find ourselves being a lot happier. I think so too. Yay. I love that. Well, Kaylee, thank you so much for being here. This has been honestly, probably one of my favorite conversations. Thank you. I've had so much fun. This was awesome. So fun. Um, I've loved getting to know you and hear a little bit about like your journey with your body and what you find to be helpful. Um, I think like just having someone who who like, isn't in the traditional, like mental health field, but is in another, you know, another industry is so powerful. And I think it just helps 
my community to feel, and you know, your community who's going to listen to this, um, probably to feel like, you know, to feel heard and to feel like validated and empowered. And that's really the goal here is for all people to be able to listen and be like, I'm a performer, whether it's musical, whether it's like a dancer, um, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, like people are going to listen to this and be like, okay, I don't have to let shitty people negatively impact the way that I view myself and the way that I view my talent and the way that I perform. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. Absolutely. (laughs) So before we wrap up, do you mind just sharing with the community, um, where people can find you? Yeah. Um, you can find me on social media. I'm on TikTok. It's Kaylee green music, um, or Instagram Kaylee green. It's K A Y L E Y and then green, like the color. It's a very complicated name to spell, but, uh, it's, (laughs) but it is Kaylee green music and Kaylee green. And I'm on Facebook too, but I never check Facebook, but perfect. Or if you're in Nashville, come see me sing. Yes, 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 yes. So I'll put um, everything in the show notes. Um, I'll link your TikTok. Also, congrats. You hit 100K. 200. 200K. Oh, shoot. You hit 200K. That is crazy. Amazing. Congratulations. That is a huge milestone. I hope you're really proud of yourself. Um, And I hope you know that you are changing so many lives. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. So are you. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So thankful for you and everything you're doing. Um, I would have loved to see a Kaylee green growing up as a little girl who was on stage performing (laughs) Dixie chicks. (laughs) Yes. I'm sure there's a video somewhere. Uh, I wish (laughs) I was like, I need to go through my parents like VHS tapes and like, see if there's any, anything there. I would love that so much if I could find if I could find a video, there has to be one somewhere, but I'll let you know if I find one, (laughs) please send it to me, post it, tag me in it. (laughs) Oh yeah, definitely. Um, all right, Kaylee, thank you again for being here. Everyone listening, um, please make sure to leave a rating and review. It's super helpful. Share this with your friends. If you feel like this was something that you related to follow Kaylee on TikTok, talk Instagram. She is amazing. She is so talented. And like she said, if you are in Nashville, make sure to check out her Instagram stories, or I think you post pretty regularly where you're performing, right? Your schedule. Yes. I try to. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, keep up with her. If you're going to Nashville, keep an eye out, go say hi, support her, um, put some money in her. What color are your buckets? Green. Green. (laughs) Very on brand. Very on brand. Put some money (laughs) in her green buckets when you're there. Um, But again, thank you, Kaylee, for being here. And I will see you all in the next episode.